This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, Jimmy, out along with Bruce Marshall here in the Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. The big one. Well, it won't be a wideout because it's a day game. It's that noon Eastern kickoff on Fox, you know, that early kickoff. But uh, Penn State took care of business against Minnesota. Tanner Morgan, the starting quarterback for the Gophers, could not go. But now they're back at home in Ohio State. Big double-digit, 15-and-a-half-a-point favorite at Happy Valley, you know, no wideout, no night game, but still Penn State looking to uh, to put on a much better effort than what they did when they got 412 rushing yards rolled up on them in Ann Arbor a couple of weeks ago against Michigan. Ohio State, Bruce, 15 and a half against Penn State. Can the Nittany Lions, can the Nittany Lions hang in this one? I'm not sure that they can. Uh, Jimmy, because that was very jarring a couple of weeks ago to lose big like that at, uh, at at Michigan. And, you know, the, the Nittany Lions couldn't get much going running that day either. Singleton was shut down. The offense really uh, didn't do much. And you mentioned how the defense got uh, trampled. Um, this has been sort of a visitor-oriented series against a number. Penn State has been covering numbers at the uh, Big Horseshoe lately, but uh, they haven't beaten Ohio State here in Happy Valley since 2016. That was a memorable upset. That was one of those great uh, whiteout nights. But I'm not sure they can trade points here. Stroud, I think, is on his way to the Heisman unless he gets hurt. I mean, he's already on, what, 28 TD passes here. Williams and Henderson are averaging close to seven yards per carry between them running the football here. And they just keep stomping teams left and right. Uh, this this is one last chance for Penn State to get involved in the national discussion this year. But I think more than likely they're going to be playing in one of those Florida games on uh, New Year's Day, either, either in Tampa or uh, Orlando. And I think this is going to be a very tough team to outscore here. I, I'm not sure 15 points uh, is going to help Penn State here. I think this is a this is a matchup that just might not work. You know, two weeks ago, there's no doubt, uh, and maybe the 41-17 final score was worse than that. I mean, 28 first downs to 10, uh, doubling up the yards, 563 to 268. Um, including, like we said, the 418 rushing yardage. And and Penn State had that weird fumble slash interception. It was resu- uh, it was ruled a Curtis Jackson 41-yard pick six to give them a 14-13 lead, 16-14 at the break. But something tells me, Bruce, said Penn State at home here is going to put up a, a decent effort. So I think we're against each other on this one. 15 and a half. I thought this thing might be 11 or 12. Little bit higher. People, a lot of people going up to the window will reference this game, that 41-17 uh, game against Michigan. And I think Penn State can play a little bit closer uh, than that. Speaking of Michigan and Michigan State, they play 
uh, this week. Well, uh, remember, it wasn't that long ago that uh, Mark D'Antonio was uh, rolling the Wolverines on a yearly basis. Now it is flipped. Uh, Jim Harbaugh handling uh, this uh, this rivalry uh, pretty good as of late. Michigan is a whopping 22-and-a-half-point favorite over the Spartans. It's been a bounce year, and boy, we can see what Kenny Walker is doing for the Seattle Seahawks in his, fresh, his rookie season uh, and the NFL. They certainly miss him because that took a lot of pressure off the quarterback who's not having nearly as good of a year. The Michigan State did pull off the, uh, the upset win at home against Wisconsin in overtime. Now they go to the big house, 22-and-a-half-point dogs. Yeah, I think, I mean, <clears throat> revenge here for a guy like Harbaugh, who who doesn't need much reason to run up a score, but, you know, he's got it here. Um, is in-state rival. He's lost two in a row to Mel Tucker. Now, say what you on the COVID season. I mean, Michigan State was really struggling, but and there was nobody at the big house, but they were a 21-and-a-half-point dog. They came in there and won. And they beat Michigan last year in East Lansing. And uh, that was the Kenneth Walker three game right. in, in five touchdowns in that game. Where, like you mentioned, what he's doing for the Seahawks. They obviously miss him at Michigan State. What a bonus for Mel Tucker last year to get him. But uh, that was last year. Uh, and, and this year it hasn't been going too good for Michigan State. The recent slump. Uh, Thorne doesn't have a guy like Walker to hand the ball off to this season. And they've been struggling. Um, Michigan is rolling right now here, and and uh, it's all systems go. Uh, the revenge here, they get them at home. Uh, Michigan State has taken their defense has leaked profusely at times this season, and uh, this is where Blake Corum, I think, you know, might try to match what Walker did last year. It'd be hard to get five touchdowns, but he's on the periphery of the Heisman discussion here, and Harbaugh will not ease up if he has the opportunity here. So a great chance for him to send the message. Michigan State's just not that good this year. And in a rivalry game, you're usually a little bit reluctant to lay this sort of a price. Maybe not this time. I, I could see Michigan uh, extending this margin here and Harbaugh enjoying every minute of it. Michigan State's just not that good this year. That's the bottom line. And uh, Michigan keeps that uh, playoff hope train rolling. I still think there's a chance you get two Big Ten teams in the uh, in the uh, playoff. And for that to happen, Michigan has to keep winning and impressively. I think they will this week. Another noon kickoff at the Carrier Dome. I forget what they call it now. At Syracuse, Notre Dame makes the trip uh, to uh, upstate New York to take on the Orange. Orange were, were in it now. A huge play in that game, the 97-yard uh, scoop and score. That was uh, that was big because the, the box score tells you it would have been very close to that 14-point spread. Nonetheless, uh, they certainly had a chance. Of course, Dabo had to make a quarterback switch in the middle of the fourth quarter when DJU had committed his third turnover of the game. So here come the Irish after a little rent a win against UNLV, 44-21 at home at South Bend, makes a trip to Syracuse. Syracuse at Bet Rivers, the three-point favorite. It's very curious, uh, Notre Dame uh, this season, Jimmy. We've touched upon it a little bit earlier, um, but this is an inside-out team this year. They are covering every game away from South Bend, and they are not covering at home. Uh, that they're 0-4 versus the number in South Bend. They're 3-0 and away from South Bend. Go figure that. But occasionally that? we see a few teams like that this season. Uh, you know, Pine has progressed at quarterback since he came in for Buckner. That that was a pretty much an even battle anyway, so I don't think they've lost too much with Pine in there. But there is some inconsistency there uh, for the Notre Dame offense. And even though they've played better on the road, uh, I, this is the best team. that. Well, they did play Ohio State tough, so I don't want to say that. Uh, but uh, Syracuse is, I think, better than anybody they've played since Ohio State. And 
you know, even with the scoop and score last week, they, you know, they, they were matching Clemson for most of that game. I, I, I don't think if Dabo doesn't put Klubnik in that Clemson wins that game last week. Uh, he sparked them last uh, last weekend, and Syracuse is right down there at the end of the game with a chance to pull it out. And um, Schrader threw the interception in the last minute, uh, but they're legitimate. They balance the offense with Tucker. It's interesting. These two were independents together. Notre Dame, of course, still sort of is um, for years, and they haven't played each other that much. Only this, they've only played each other ten times, and they went forty years once between meetings between 63 and 2003 that 63 game was played on thanksgiving at yankee stadium it was the week after jfk was assassinated it was hugh devore's last game coaching Notre dame he brought them out in green jerseys so that's where dan devine got the idea 14 Mm. 15 years later uh syracuse won that game 14 to 7 but you'd think there'd be a little bit more history between these two than there is there isn't too bad because uh, this would be sort of been pretty colorful throughout the years. I think Syracuse gets them here this week, though. 27-19 Orange. That's our score forecast on the sheet. Uh, and uh, I think Dino picks it back up. This is still a quality team. I'm, I'm not sure how good Notre Dame is even at this point in the season. All right. Uh, so, TCU, another comeback win. 14-point fourth quarter uh, deficit. They win in overtime against Oklahoma State. 17 down. I'm sorry, 18 down. 28-10. In the second half, they come back and win and cover against Kansas State. Now they travel to Morgantown, West Virginia. Come on. Come on, Mountaineers. I got over five and a half win total this year. We're at uh, three and four right now. We got to get that thing at least to six and six. At home, catching seven and a half. Can the Mountaineers play with the Horned Frogs coming in? Well, they'd better circle the wagons here pretty quick. And and, and Neil Brown is getting himself in some trouble from what we're hearing there. I mean, they're stuck on this sort of six and six treadmill. I'm not sure they even get there this year. And that might be what Brown needs to come back next season. Listen, JT Daniels uh, has been um, blown hot and cold at quarterback for them. He had to get pulled last week. That was a very bad effort against Texas tech. The whole thing collapsed for West Virginia last week. So I, I think maybe we'd give them another chance to bounce back here. Everything you say about TCU is true. There's something magic going on there <clears throat> this season. They're finding their way back in these games. Uh, Duggan has put up numbers that have put him on the periphery of the Heisman conversation, Sonny Dykes and all that. However, this has been a tough matchup for them in recent years. Six straight wins for West Virginia in this series. So uh, they're back at home. One more effort. I, I something tells me this is going to be a, a, a close game because TCU's playing them all pretty close lately, and uh, they've been forced to come from behind and done it. Uh, but they've had three straight games, uh, very very competitive here, and I think seven and a half probably too much here. So um, our score in the sheet was thirty four thirty two for uh, TCU to pull this one out again. But maybe not cover it. And, and, and one last shot here for Daniels because his college career, I think, sort of hasn't gone quite like he expected. But we have seen on occasion him put up some decent numbers. He had better this week. I think he can, though. And uh, our instinct here is that West Virginia circles the wagon one more time and makes this very interesting on Saturday. All right. Uh, the Pitt Panthers travel to Chapel Hill to take on the number 21 North Carolina Tar Heels. 4-3 uh, and three Pitt at 6-1 uh, and one North Carolina. Speaking of the Irish earlier, that was one of those road wins at Chapel Hill. That's their only loss uh, of the season uh, for the Tar Heels. Tar Heels at home, three-point favorites over the Panthers. Yeah, the Tar Heels have moved out ahead now in the grab bag ACC Coastal 
uh, where almost everybody except Miami, I think, has a chance. Uh, but here's North Carolina on top right now. I, I think last week watching Pitt at Louisville. And by the way, um, into last week, Pat Narduzzi had covered 10 straight games, non-bowl games, away from Heinz Field Acrisure, as they now call it. They'd been a great road team. Uh, didn't work last week at Pitt. And I, and I think by this point, Jimmy, uh, we can say, you know, Keaton Slovis, we're, we're starting to see why Clay Helton pulled him last year at SC. I, I mean, it, it um, you know, he ended up sitting for Jackson Dart last year. Then they both transferred out after Helton left or was fired. Uh, but uh, and fired early in the season. It wasn't in, in Dante Williams actually was coaching the interim uh, last year after Helton was out. So it was, uh, uh, you know, Williams actually that benched him. But he, he is a big drop-off from Kenny Pickett. And I we knew he'd be a drop-off some, uh, but he's a bigger drop-off than we thought. His stats are not nearly good enough to keep Pitt at the level it was playing at last year. On the other hand, Look at North Carolina. Look what Drake May is doing this year. He's put up some spectacular stats. I mean, better even than Sam Howell did last season. So you look at, at these two, and, uh, you know, from Pickett to Slovis, that's turned out to be a big steep down, uh, a steep descent. And actually, North Carolina's lost nothing with May. And that's been able to compensate for that defense, which hasn't been all uh, that great. Overtime game last year at Pitt. They won that game at home. So Mac wants a little revenge here. I think he gets it. I think North Carolina is starting to look like it's going to win that half of the ACC. And Pitt just struggling on offense right now. So uh, we need North Carolina here in uh, Chapel Hill to avenge that overtime loss from last year. All right, uh, Bruce. We are a week away from midweek matching. That's right. Tuesday and Wednesday. It's easy to remember as we flip the uh, the calendar from October to November, November 1st and November 2nd. Next Tuesday and Wednesday, we have primetime action. Two games at 7 o'clock Eastern on Tuesday, two games 7 o'clock Eastern on a Wednesday. Well, give us a little bit of a taste, a little preview. First, the game on ESPNU, noon kickoff, Toledo after blowing that 17-point second-half lead. They lose the spread and out, uh, in outright they're five and three, seven uh, at home against Eastern, uh, seven against Eastern Michigan, who's also five and three. Yeah, when they start playing midweek next week, that that's also called my wife's nightmare because she sees, <laughs> she said, "What are these games doing on Tuesday night, Wednesday night?" But you know, <laughs> hey, it's Mac, it's Maction, and it's fun. Uh, now this week, now these teams probably won't, won't be playing at midweek next week, but we get to see them here um, on on Saturday. These school, by the way. Is nearby, they're about 55 miles between Ypsilanti and uh, Toledo. I mentioned Ypsilanti here. Uh, Eastern Michigan, they have been trending like this for the last couple of years. If you've ever been to Ypsilanti out there by the Detroit airport and you've seen this stadium, you know how desolate it kind of is, just a concrete block. The stands are pushed back from the field. There is no home field edge here for Eastern Michigan. Uh, they don't draw crowds. And it has been reflected in for years in their point spread pattern. There hasn't been a more stark difference between a team playing at home and at road on the road, especially against the spread as Eastern Michigan in recent years. This year, they have not covered a game yet in Ypsilanti. And that is consistent with recent years at home where they just don't do that well. Conversely, when they're on the road, like last week winning that game at Ball State, 19-1-1 
That's true, 19-1-1 one one as a Mac road dog uh, the last six or so years. But at home here, not too much. Um, and I think you mentioned Toledo blew that game last week. They are still in pole position, though, in their half of the uh, in their half of the MAC here to get to the championship game. Maybe get a rematch with Buffalo. Daquan Finn, the quarterback, he's been responsible for 28 TDs already this season. He's a real playmaker, and they wish they had that game back. They'll probably get another shot at Buffalo, I think, in the MAC title game at Detroit, come early uh, December. I think they get it. I think they get uh, Eastern Michigan here. Powell's a nice story. He's on. A, he's a transfer quarterback, Eastern Michigan, third school. He had been at Mizzou and Troy. The portal was sort of made for a guy like this to finally find a home. He's putting up some decent numbers, but he's not going to outgun Finn here. And like we mentioned, there is very little home field at Ypsilanti. Toledo, I think, comes in here, gets the job done. By the way, they lost a game at home 52-49 to Eastern last year, so a little revenge for the Rockets here. All right, Toledo laying a seven uh, on the road there. Another one uh, kicking off at the same time. This one on ESPN Plus. Miami, Ohio at three and five, eight and a half at Akron, who's one and seven. The Akron uh, zips their woes continue. They do, but they're being a little more competitive lately, uh, Jimmy. Uh, Joe Moorhead and I had my doubts about him. You know, I with you, I saw we saw him down in. Uh, at Mississippi State, we talked to him at SEC Media Days down there. That wasn't a good fit. Um, he only lasted two years in Starkville. Uh, he, he picked up a mess of a situation that Tom Arth left him at uh, Akron, and they had some very bad beatings. Michigan State, Tennessee really let him have it in uh, September. But since then, they haven't played that bad. They played Hugh Freeze's Liberty pretty tough, and that started a string of four covers in five games. The only game outside of double digits there was a loss they had at Ohio U. And uh, D.J. Irons, their quarterback, he looks sort of like a stork out there. He's a real tall, 6'6", kind of a skinny guy, but he's a, he's a dual threat. He's their leading rusher and their leading passer, and he's not a bad leader. They've got defensive issues, but they're not, they're not that bad. They have also played Miami O'Tough the last couple of years. They've covered two of the last three and burned me a couple of years ago when I took Miami O and they couldn't cover a number. That was the only game Akron covered in Arth's uh, first season. Now, Miami O, uh, Gabbert, the quarterback, Blake Gabbert, finally came back last week. He hadn't right. played since the Kentucky opener. Didn't make any difference. Lost the game against Western Michigan. Chuck Martin's team is stuck on this sort of West Virginia-like 6-6 treadmill. They got a hustle to get to 6-6 this year. Here's the angle on this game, though, too. Miami O is under 7-1 and one this season. You can blame some of that. Maybe I know Gabbard, but he came back last week and nothing happened against Western Michigan, which isn't that great this year, and they lost that game 16-10. to 10. So the first thing you want to look at in Miami O games is under, and I might even give a look to the Zips here. They're playing everybody tough, and Miami O is a low-variance team. Its last five games all decided by single digits. This price says Miami has got to do something different this week to cover it. I'm not sure they can. So how about this? A dual recommendation at InfoCision Stadium on the under and the zips this week. All right, under in the zips uh, in uh, that one. Uh, to, uh, Toledo uh, laying a seven in a revenge spot against Eastern Michigan. Eastern Michigan just one one win away uh, from tying their preseason win total. And when we did that uh, MAC preview 
Uh, Bruce and I are split on Ohio State, Penn State. I'm taking the points. He's laying them. Michigan minus 22 and a half. We both like that. Double revenge spot for the Wolverines. Big brother got the, they definitely have the, uh, the advantage of this year. North Carolina minus three against Pitt. West Virginia plus seven and a half. I need him to win out, right? Uh, plus seven and a half against TCU. And the Cuse minus three against Notre Dame. Don't forget, we will have matching picks next week. Tuesday, Ball State at Kent State on ESPNU, Buffalo at Ohio on ESPN2, and then Wednesday, Central Michigan at Northern Illinois on ESPNU, and Western Michigan at Bowling Green on ESPN2. We'll have picks in all of those games. For Bruce Marshall, I'm Jimmy Ott on the Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network.